Hello, fairy tale friends. It's your host, Tara. And Ryan. We just wanted to make a quick announcement before this episode. Recently, we have started recording with some new equipment in the hopes of bringing you a better sounding show. Unfortunately, we had some technical issues during the following episodes. We went back and forth about what to do and ultimately decided to release them as is because we enjoyed the content of the episode so much. You may notice some pops and crackles and other weird audio artifacts while listening, especially on some nicer headphones. So maybe these are some good episodes to listen to in the car or just simply on your phone. The good news is we seem to have taken care of the problem and we'll be back with quality audio very soon. Until then, please enjoy Saludos Amigos with our friend Bree. I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, friends. We're here with another great episode of Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries, and we have a special guest with us today. Now I feel like you really set the bar high. I try. (laughs) But we've got a guest today. Uh, It's great because I'm here. Yes, exactly. And that voice you're hearing is Bree, another Dungeons and Dragons friend. Say hello, Bree. Hi, Bree. I mean, we're friends beyond just Dungeons. I don't want to pigeonhole our friendship. Yeah, we play Monster of the Week. It's... There you go. We play other role-playing yeah. games. All kinds of variety. And we hang out for games and different things. Mm-hmm. So. Today we are talking about uh, Disney's... This is, other than Fantasia, <laughs> this is another one where they're doing multiple little little shorts, shorts. into one big movie. And yeah. it is called Saludos Amigos. And one of the reasons we brought Brie in today is Brie... Now, I'm going to say this and I'm going to be completely wrong because I realized as soon as I was saying I'm like, I don't exactly know... But you're super into languages. Absolutely. And did you study language at uh, in college? Uh, so I do have a degree in linguistics. That's right. Um, okay. Unfortunately, that does not include studying the Spanish language, so. Oh, so this is, well, okay. <laughs> That's okay. Listen, this we are, as we say always, we are we are lovers, not experts. Yes. From, from what I've heard about depictions of Latin America in this time period, Nobody cared anyway. <laughs> yeah, from what I was reading too. Yeah. Um, one of the, just a little funny story about Bree. Uh, like we said, we do role playing games, and I was uh, in charge of one of them, in which uh, it was kind of like a 1990s Buffy high school uh, TV show. It's Monsters of the Week, and when the first the first episode, Bree and I had been talking offline, where she was a. Uh, um, were alligator and nobody else in the group knew and we were like okay we're gonna save this until like the perfect moment and so uh brie wrote all her notes for that first episode or that first session when we came in in german so if anyone looked over her shoulder (laughs) no one would know (laughs) no one would know any of this stuff and so (laughs) months later i found this thing and i was like whose notebook is this and i opened it up in the first three pages in german and i was like brie this has got to be brie's notebook And she also, didn't she write, like, the, the phonetics of, like, the Cajun patois? I wrote there? notes on, I wrote notes on, um, Cajun pronunciation and sound change rules. <laughs> so this is going to be really interesting. Tara, you got our, Yeah, I've got uh, the synopsis, synopsis here. Uh, so saludos amigos, hello friends, uh, is oh. the translation. Uh, is here's the synopsis. After a live-action sequence in which Walt Disney himself gives a tour of his animation studios in California, the action shifts to South America where a collection of both stock and new characters appear in a series of shorts. In one segment, Donald Duck, in parentheses Clarence Nash, attempts to navigate Lake Titicaca with an uncooperative llama, and in another, a brave little airplane crosses the dangerous Andes. Meanwhile, Goofy tries to act like a local in the Panamas. So uh, it was released February 6th. What? There's a fourth thing. Is it not talk about the fourth one? No, that's just the synopsis description. There's another one after that. There's another with Jose Carioca, the the cigar chomping Brazilian parrot friend of Donald Duck, who will. It's interesting, listeners, because in the cutout version of this, Ryan made a point that I was not to go over every part of it in the synopsis, and then he (laughs) adds the fourth thing that was missing. I just think it's interesting that they're not talking about that fourth (laughs) one because he's the big standout character, like. 
the other ones are kind of just one-offs and jose shows up like the the three caballeros he throws up the three caballeros the three caballeros show up so did donald and goofy also show up in the in the three caballeros as well goofy's not in the three is he maybe he is but jose is like a character that shows up oh he's not no goofy is not jose shows up in the new ducktales there's a whole three caballeros tv show that we'll talk more about next episode that I, I'm checking out, but it was like only shown in Germany or something hmm. like that. It's very strange, but it's on Disney Plus now. So he, I, I just think it's interesting that that's the one they decided to take out of that. Maybe synopsis. they wanted to leave it as a surprise. I don't know. I don't but, know why my wife. Is or maybe this he's so just a prop. Yeah. Well, he is a cigar chomping character, so it's, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, but uh, the release date was February 6, 1943, and according to this, 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. I so. Talk a little bit about our personal, you know, with the other ones we always talk about, like what we remembered from the movies. I don't remember this one at all. I've never seen this one, and I didn't know much about it. But then when I started doing some research, I'm actually really excited to watch it now that I've read a little bit about it. I'm also wondering if, like some of the other stuff we talk about with DTV and all that, if this is these are shorts that I've seen broken up, but not as a whole movie because I used to see that a lot on the Disney Channel. Brie, have you ever seen this one? I have. When I was a kid, my dad had like the Disney shelf. um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And for some reason, a lot of the ones I remember watching when I was a small child are like the Three Caballeros, uh, Mink Mind Music, Melody Time. Oh, great. Um, Oh, Brie, and so a lot of the early ones. For any of those, like those are the ones (laughs) that we have had it made it impossible. I was like, does anyone want to do these? And everyone's like, I don't know what you're talking about. You're the first guest we've had. Who remembers those movies? I haven't seen them since I was a kid, but mm-hmm. they were on repeat, especially um, Melody Time, I think, was my favorite. And, um, and just as a heads up, Brie is not 90 years old. So when she says she saw yeah. this as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 15 years ago. I don't yeah. know. Um, but this one was on that shelf, and I saw it once, and I don't remember ever watching it again Maybe not because I didn't like it, but probably because I was more interested in the others. But What's your favorite? Disney movie, period? Yeah. It's a lot uh, of pressure. It's hard to narrow it down beyond what's, five. What's, what's the couple I have my top five, I'd like though. to hear top five. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in no particular order, I've got Tarzan. It's the movie I've seen more than any other movie, period. Wow, um, really? Oh, my gosh. I've never seen yeah. Tarzan. What? What? I haven't seen oh, Tarzan. Oh, it's so good. I've seen parts of it. I remember it was like the first level in Kingdom Hearts, so I remember that part <laughs> of it a lot. It's so good. I don't. I have no idea how many times I've seen that movie. Um, Mulan is great. Oh, love Hercules. Mulan. Yes. The Emperor's New Groove. Brie and I are connecting here. <laughs> I love all and, of these. Right? And I think Aladdin, um, but I think Aladdin gets switched out with something else that I'm not thinking of right now, which... Apparently it's not top five, but I can't think of it right now. <laughs> I'm the queen of I'm not on being. The spot. <laughs> yeah, I'm the queen of not being able to narrow it down to one thing. So I appreciate yeah. the top five. What I found interesting about this, and I'm sure all of us probably, when we were reading about this, probably touched on this, was Disney created this as well as the Three Caballeros in order to improve the United States of America's relations with South American countries mm-hmm. during World War II, and I found that interesting. Because it, he also mentioned, and now I've got to find it because I want to get the name right, um, the good neighbor policy yep. of FDR. And so I don't know, Brie, if you want to talk a little bit more about that, if you have some info on that. But I just found that really interesting that he was trying to support that effort of like the neighboring countries uh, so during World War II. Boy, you this and Brie is... are now connecting even more because I just heard Brie turn a page on her notes. Uh-huh. Oh, well, yes. and I, Sorry, I, I saw her nod, so I figured she had some more info on this, so I figured I'd let her talk. Yesterday, we were out on the porch, and I was watching, typically watching my documentary. It's two different styles of study we have, and she's <laughs> reading something and writing notes, and she turns and looks at me and shows me this huge page of notes. And the, what, it's just one page. That's the thing. You were showing it to me to say, look how few notes I have on this one. And I looked at <laughs> yeah. it and went... Oh my goodness, that's a lot of notes. (laughs) So when you mentioned this movie in the possible movies that you were going to talk about, I had the memory, I took a class in college called um, Intro to American Studies. And it was one of the most interesting classes I took because our professor 
basically taught us American history from the 1900s on through the lens of what music was in America. Interesting. Oh, it was amazing. And so we did talk about this movie um, in the larger group of Latin America in this time period, the good neighbor policy. And in this article that I found, I didn't find... What, what is the good neighbor policy exactly? So essentially... It's an FDR thing, but I don't know, like, what, what does it mean? I mean, I didn't go into a deep dive, but essentially it was to improve relations with other countries, okay. like our neighbors, our neighboring countries. Okay. Yeah, so I, I didn't find my notes from that class, but I did find our readings. And one of the readings is all about... Um, it's actually the first chapter of someone's book, and the title of this chapter is Carmen Miranda and Desi Arnaz, Foundational Images of Latinidad on Broadway and in Hollywood. Um, Carmen Miranda. <laughs> someone I haven't thought about in a million. Isn't she, is she in Three, Three Caballeros? Is she in I don't time? know that she's in it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see um, similar depictions. Someone wearing the... Similar musical yeah. numbers um, to her videos. But... Um, my the thing I found interesting about the good neighbor policy in these notes, and let me find it real quick, is the hardest aspect of this was having to change the image of the U.S. A succession of interventions, invasions, and military occupations in Mexico, Cuba, the Dominican Republic, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Costa Rica had made the image of a good neighbor a hard sell. So this whole good neighbor policy is coming directly after America kind of saw these countries and was like. I, you know, give us your products, and also we're going to use you for this kind of escape from the feelings of the depression. We're going to stereotype you as something exotic and fantastical. And um, well, and a were... lot of Americans, from what I read too, they said that historians say that this, the action sequences in this, because you go from like live action to animate it, had the most impact on American culture because they were saying a lot of. Americans' perception was thinking Latin America was culturally backwards, like they were not as advanced as we were. And then they saw all this video footage of like Latin American cities with skyscrapers and like beautiful colors in their clothing and so many, you know, rich cultural aspects that I don't think Americans had any idea Mm -hmm. were happening. Well, weren't they also, um, this is so, so the documentary I saw was. They had they, they made essentially a travel log of when they went over there. That was them just filming them do something. Yeah, because we should mention that they did actually yeah go over there for that filming was, and spend some time over there. As well, well, the way they started it was with an older interview with Walt Disney, where it had to be in like the the you know the fifties or sixties, and there, it seemed like it was just a section from it. The one I saw on YouTube that was talking about Saludos Amigos and Three Caballeros, and um, it was. Him and one of the things he brought up, he's like, "Oh yeah, because they were so ha- they were so nice to the Nazis back then," and I was like, "That's a little bit of a cavalier way of putting it." But what there is like a, a South American Nazi, like there was something because there's something there, isn't there? That that some of them were friendly with them or like on their side, possibly because of how bad they thought about America. And I know that's where a lot of Nazis went after the war. There's that that whole thing about them all being down there. I, I'm learning this. Part of my, my, my research into this is from um, X-Men First Class when Magneto goes <laughs> okay, down. Okay, yeah, and so one of the best it might ever. not be accurate. Yeah, <laughs> it may not be an accurate depiction, yes. but a generalization. Maybe. So when the man who could control metal went down to... Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> but um, it was interesting because he said they wanted him to just go down and like shake hands and do a goodwill tour. And he's like, I don't do that. He's like, if you want to, I can make a... Like, he's, an, you know... I have I say my things about Disney on this podcast sometimes, but at the end of the day, he's a creative genius, and I think that's what he want to do is go do something creatively. And the whole and like I said, I'll post the whole thing on there. But it's just this travelogue of them going from each country. And he was he was dancing. Oh, he was in Chile. We're gonna have to find that clip specifically. Yes, and it's great. he and it's it's funny because most of it is just him like pointing at drawings and looking out on the beach and way looking at things. And then they take him to Chile, 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 <laughs> Chile. Oh, are you asking me? Help me out here, Linguist. Oh. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Chile. When it comes to things like that, as far as I'm concerned, it's pronounced one way by the people who speak that language, and it, you know, English has borrowed words. Why not borrow that one? And your pronunciation <laughs> yeah. is fine, um, so, I'm sure. <laughs> there we go. So he's in Chile, and they're doing a traditional dance, and it goes, 
We eventually, first it goes, they tried to teach Walt how to play the guitar and they don't have the actual audio from it. So they're putting <laughs> audio over it. So when they get to Walt's playing the guitar, it's like an off-key bad version. And they're like, he wasn't very good. And they're like, so then he tried his hand at dancing. And he's got the cowboy hat and, like, the sash. And the, it's a dance where you have, like, a, a handkerchief or something in one hand, it looks like. And you're kind I of have to getting watch close this. to a woman. I'll, it's so good. It'll we'll go find up. it. I, we need to start it. posting the documentaries. But and we'll send it to you. I great. stopped everything. It was like, Tara, look at this. Now, the other funny part about that was that I really enjoyed was they cut to. They're kind of intersplicing that with the other animators drawing things and, and interacting with the locals and one of them i think his name was herb it, it showed him and all these kids are around him and like pointing at his thing and he's like yeah and he's drawing and apparently the children's favorite character was pluto <laughs> so they're all like draw us pluto and they keep coming back to him and every time they come back to him there's like more kids and he's like here here and he keeps like drawing more pictures and then they'll show a picture of pluto and pluto's looking like sadder and sadder and like sweaty it's so good the other thing about this that I found interesting is it was the first Disney animated feature that was shown in South America before it screened in the U.S. So it was shown in Brazil first, uh, and it was August of 1942, and then it was screened here February of 1943. And when it came out, uh, it was well-received by both American and Latin Americans at the time of its release. Mm -hmm. uh, since then, I don't know if it's it's been criticized in different ways, but when it was first released, it was pretty important to both cultures. Well, I'm not sure. I, I didn't read up on if that opinion has changed. <laughs> it's but. it's interesting to me because something I think now we do, like in the, in, it's in you know the, the meta-cinematic universe of like how we view film and stuff is one of the big, things people are pushing for right now is uh representation yeah and i think this was you know a movie where they came down to their culture they looked at them and people probably the, for the first time looked on the screen because like again these kids favorite character was like the dog and it's like now they maybe see characters that represent them more on screen it's it's something i i really push for like and you know i believe in in movies nowadays but it's nice to see it back then even though it may have been a 1940s version of representation, and I haven't seen the movie yet, so we don't know exactly. How. Well, from what I've read, how that translates. Yeah, from what I've read, the fact that it was well received is still surprising because there were even things Carmen Miranda was in. In Brazil, they said, "No, you've become Americanized. This isn't us. You don't represent us um, anymore." Even though she was so well loved, so the fact that they saw this movie and were like, "Yeah, that's cool," if you know, if it was so well received. It'll be interesting to see yeah. how they handled it. I wonder if it's easier to see your culture kind of through a different lens instead of someone who's from yeah, your yeah, culture. Yeah, if you see like it. If, if Goofy's like, oh, I'm Goofy, but I'm a vaquero. Like it's kind of a little bit of a. It's a you know, it's a Disney podcast, so I think I could say it's a little bit of a spoonful of sugar to help you kind of get over the fact that it's maybe not necessarily 100% representative. I don't know. Again, it's been. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen any of these, so. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing, I always like highlighting if it was nominated for anything. So it mm. was nominated for three Oscars. It was nominated. It did, it did not win. <laughs> just so it was nominated for three. Best Sound Recording. Oh. Best Music Original Song, which was Saludos Amigos. And Best Music Scoring of a Musical Picture. So it was nominated for those three, even though it did oh. not win. Uh, so I always like looking at that as well. So, and I don't think we've mentioned this. It is the shortest Disney feature to date at 42 minutes. So oh. Dumbo is the next shortest at like 62 or 64 minutes, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is 42 minutes. So it is a shorter one. Disney's, one of Disney's big things on the documentary I wrote was that the U.S. government offered to subsidize this. And he goes, but it made its money back. So we didn't need one nickel. And then the interviewer says, oh, but how was Three Caballeros where you did live action and animated? He goes, I kind of almost went with the subsidies on that one, so I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> well, and the other thing is, is this was the first of what they called the package films, which mm -hmm. is what Ryan's saying. You know, it's several animated shorts and grouped together to make a full-length movie, and in this case, it was live-action and animated. And Disney, of course, goes on to do that in a lot of different ways. And I think during World War II, there's a few of these packaged films that we're going to cover. So, Anybody got anything else they want to chime in with? I think we're pretty good if we want to go ahead and start watching it yeah i'm good if brie do you have anything else that no i'm ready to see what happens all yeah. right yeah i'm excited so uh listeners get ready and we'll see you on the other side
right, and we're back. Guys, that was a lot of fun. It was delightful. <laughs> I think everyone needs to stop what they're doing, and if you haven't watched it, don't listen to this part yet. Go watch it. Yeah. It's, and you've got no excuse. It's less than an hour. Exactly. It's 42 yes, minutes. It's very short. And it's funny and cute, and I think it holds up very well. I know we'll get into that, but I really enjoyed it. Um, and I wanted to start with, we always like to pick out if Walt Disney writes a thank you at the beginning. And sometimes he pays tribute or writes a thank you to animators and whatnot. And in this one, when it opens up, it says, With sincere appreciation for the courtesy and cooperation shown us by the artist, musicians, and our many friends in Latin America, Walt Disney. Not the actors. Not the voice actors. <laughs> well, even, and even in it, he every time they show the picture, it's like, drawn by so-and-so. Yeah, or, yeah, they try to give them. credit well, to the animators. By, but they don't give any credit to the, like, But I, are actors. those actors or are those just people? Excuse me? What I'm saying <laughs> is, no, what I'm saying is, like, they're Apologies real to people. Our actor, all our actor listeners out there who apparently are. <laughs> that's not what I mean. I'm just. I'm saying like but they're just documenting is, real life. I'm not Aren't talking they? about. Oh, I mean voice actors. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Yes. Yes. yes, that's why no. I was like, I don't get it. Uh, no, I'm talking about he doesn't. Ta- you don't. I don't think you. See he doesn't Donald give credit to Goofy, Donald or to Goofy. But or... Jose, the the Brazilian parrot, apparently, I, I'm curious to see who that was because I think they might be famous. The singer. Because they're like, at the beginning of his little section, they say, voiced by... Yes, yeah, yeah. And we'll get into that, too. Yeah, because I found that interesting. But Sorry, I, wanted... I thought you were saying, you're like, what do you mean, people? They're no, just people. I was so confused. <laughs> uh, one little fact I wanted to highlight for Donald and Goofy, just really quickly, is for Donald, this is one of six animated feature films to include him. The first is The Reluctant Dragon, and we don't cover mm, that because it's I not on that. the list. Uh, of animated classics but donald does appear in that uh that's 42 he appears in this then he appears in the three caballeros he appears in fun and fancy free melody time and then fantasia 2000 so that's donald's background and goofy's background uh he's one in five so he also first appears in the reluctant dragon he then appears. That was one I forgot that I saw a lot as a kid. Yeah, I've never seen that one, and I don't know if we want to go back and add it. It wasn't on the official animated classics list, uh, but they're both in it, Donald and Goofy. Uh, he's also in Fun and Fancy Free. He's in a Goofy movie, which uh, we added to the list. It's not <laughs> on the official list, but we did add Goofy movie. And then an extremely Goofy movie, the sequel. So I just wanted to give their give them credit to... Uh, being a feature in this one and in ones that come after it. What did you think, Bree? I mean, we all kind of watched it together, and uh, I think we were all, I, I don't know, I was laughing a lot. I might have been Yeah, no, I thought it was great. It. I actually went into it expecting to be like, oh, and here's an instance where it's racist, or here's, and actually I was like, you know, I, I really enjoyed that. I know, I know why I only saw it once as a kid. But it was because, other than that third part with Joe Carioca, it was a lot of information. And yeah. It, it, didn't, it wasn't like this story. And that's, so I just chose the other movies more often. Which makes sense. Yeah, I think as a kid. But I do, we all said, you know, and Brie, you can talk too because you've <laughs> lived abroad in that area. But it, you know, it made me like refoster my interest in going to South America. I've had an interest to travel there. But, you know, just seeing the music and they highlight the culture and they highlight the food and it just got me excited for that area of the world. And I think that was part of their intent with this movie as well, especially around that time was promoting tourism in South America was big. Yeah, it's definitely part travel log. Like yes. They're definitely yeah. trying to convince people to go there. Well, and with that, to kind of start at the beginning, we all commented on how you see the airplane. They describe where they go, and each time they go somewhere else in South America, the plane is flying over the map. And well, we, it's an animated map by the Disney yeah. artist, and it's so cool. Uh, which they is, show like the there's like cows. Like I love those where it's like it's more know. than just the landscape of the yes. map. Yeah, there's little animations, and so the first place we go to is Lake. Titicaca. You'll get it. I'm let, trying to make sure I can say let me, it right. Let me interject with one thing there. Yeah. Um, in the in the travel log they did, it was interesting because they go to Brazil first. I think they <laughs> liked Brazil the best, and that's why they they did the mm. end on it. But they go there first. But eventually, when they they're showing them on that plane, 
And that's where I told you the woman on the plane looked like she was smoking a hookah. Yeah. And I was like, what is she doing? And they pointed out, I guess it was because of the plane they were on. What didn't like they all had um, pipes that you could suck oxygen out of mm. because of how high they were in the Andes and all that stuff. I yeah. just thought that was super interesting. Well, and the other thing going back to smoking, we do see Walt Disney hold a cigarette. Uh, and another anim- in one every time part, they cut the animators and they're like working, it's like they all have a with pipe, a pipe or, a or yeah. And that was the same thing as like I think we we watched that Imagineer. We like to watch kind of the old creation of Disneyland stuff, and all those guys are smoking a pipe or like yeah. <laughs> it's just that's what they were doing. <laughs> uh, but as we go to the lake, uh, this is where Donald gets introduced. But before we do with each segment, what I really loved is they show the live action. So they show... Well, they give you context. Yeah, they give you context and they show you the town and they show you the food and they show you the people and the music and the culture. And then what I really love that the narrator did with each section is, Ryan, you mentioned it, is the comparisons. Like, oh, well, this is what it's like we have in America and this yeah. is their version of that. And they do that a little bit more as we go on. Um, but it's really interesting, you know, to try to get an American viewer... To see the similarities, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. which was really cool, and I loved the animation of the walking haystacks, the the mules or the donkey. Not animation, just the shot of them. Yes, the shot of them. I'm went, sorry. What are yes. we looking at? Because it was an animation. I'm sorry. Yeah it's, yeah, it's donkeys with these huge haystacks, and I thought they were people. Like I thought it was some weird dance. I was like, what am I looking at? And yeah. Why didn't I see this in the in the documentary I saw? And then from the front, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, and I just wrote tour through culture, you know, so as their drawings and as we go into the animation, like the live action gives you the tour through the marketplace, through everything, and then Donald comes into play. Yeah, so then they end up doing the Lake Titicaca cartoon, and it's presented as kind of a documentary about the area and the lake and all that, but it's from, and then Donald is running through doing these things. It's and, Donald as a tourist. And I don't know if they did these before the, for them, but it's a big Disney thing of the, like, there's a, there's a uh, narrator talking to you about what's happening and then stuff. Like Goofy does that a lot where it's like sports and athletics. And he's like, yeah, doing that or like uh-huh. the, the, the travel and he's, Going and with Donald, car. one of my favorite bits was the altitude sickness, like telling you the signs of altitude sickness. You're going to get dizzy. You're going to get you're going to hear a ringing. You're going to start sweating. Because when we went to Denver, I, do you remember the name of the mountain? We I had? don't. It was I know it was one of the highest elevations that you could go by car. It is the highest elevation you can go by, go by car. The uh, highest but I, roadway. And we're driving up there. We get to the top and then they're like, if you want to reach the peak, you have to walk the rest of the way. And so we went, oh, let's just walk the rest of the way. And we got out of the car, and like 30 seconds later, we were like, we were like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, we did not train for this. Uh, But yeah, so they do that. And the other bit I really like, and then I'll let you guys talk if there's any that you enjoyed. I don't want to hijack it here. But the llama dancing with the flute. Like, we're the the, llama in general. Yeah, it was so animated and great. Uh, And then Donald switching outfits when him, he's a tourist. And he switches with a local, and he gives like the local all his clothes, and the local gives Donald his clothes. Well, that's the thing, and Bree, you brought this up while we were watching it—the idea that like this can't like the characters can do dumb stuff, but they always present them as this is an American trying to do the things that that the South America that or where is this Argentinians did all the time. Excuse me. This one is framed with the idea of like Donald is a tourist. Yeah, and they really push the idea of like, oh, I'm visiting and let me take pictures and let me do all mm-hmm. this, you know, dumb stuff. I liked when he's following the kid and the kid has a camera, too. Like, yes. Yeah. It, it, it makes the it, they're not the butt of the joke. We are. But it's also showing their culture in a way. And also like, showing that we are interested in their culture. Yeah. Right. Like Donald was doing it from a very good place. It wasn't like a negative. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that llama, they talk a lot about how like how much the animators enjoyed llamas in the travel log, like, and they did the same thing where it's like <laughs> llamas, you can only put a few things on their back because once you put too much, they go no, and they just sit down until you take some off. They're smart. They they're not gonna <laughs> to push themselves. I like the drawing the guy did where he drew the llamas and then he gave them like a monocle. Yeah, and, and that reminded did. me of Emperor's New Groove a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that that animation, that drawing, I what, should say. What did you like about this one? So this one, um, I actually 
wrote notes on the baby taking the picture of Donald because it was reminded me of Lilo and Stitch when Lilo takes pictures oh, of the tourists. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. I only saw Lilo Lilo once. And I oh, okay. Uh, so she she's got a whole wall of these photos of fat American tourists in Hawaii. Yeah. And it's always been something I thought was really cool because it's like the people making the movie are saying. Look, we get it. <laughs> Tourists are kind of dumb, and these are people who live here and see these people come every day and take pictures of them like their scenery. Yeah. Well, that's gotta, it, that's got to be rough because you know how how much of that is your local economy, and at the same time, mm-hmm. well, yeah. I just well, it's grew the same up here. with I, I mean, it's the same with Jamaica. I feel like when yeah. we went. Um, but it's hard. Imagine being born into like I live here, like like. Imagine if in Bayville, like you were born, it's like, okay, people are going to take pictures. Shout of out you. to ba- all the Bayville listeners out there. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. If it's like, yeah. oh, you got to look at the people of Bayville. Look at all, look how they eat pizza. Oh, no, agreed. And yeah. And they take pictures. You're mm-hmm. like, I'm just here for lunch. Yeah. The other bit I like is uh, Donald takes the llama across a suspension bridge. Suspension? Yes, because suspension, suspension bridge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and at one point they're tra- they go back to the elevation sickness and how like you need you know don't lose your cool, don't lose your temper, and that's you know Donald always gets angry. And what I loved <laughs> is he starts losing his temper and he looks straight at the camera and tells the narrator to shut up. I, love, I loved yeah. it. I love all these like interactions with the narrator. Yeah. The, I think the one thing I found in the first part that made me go, ah, I don't know, was in this this chapter I was reading a lot of the times they're talking about they would kind of combine the Latin American culture with the native Latin American culture and kind of paint them both as the same thing um, mm-hmm. when, in fact, Latin America also was colonized and the Native Americans there also didn't get you know fair representation they, yeah i, I can't right say word. how they were treated compared to the u.s but yeah there was a lot of like their music is strange and exotic it was handed down by their inca ancestors um and there's incan history and uh but then they didn't really play that up so much after that it was like okay and now here are the locals and here's their daily life um do we want to move on to the next one yeah do we want to go on I don't remember the in-betweener here. So it's the in-betweener is they're back on the airplane right. and they're <laughs> talking about how there were no cameras as they went over the Andes. What does that so mean? they had to, I think it meant that like they couldn't stop and film. So the, the animators were drawing the Andes as they were flying through the Andes right. was my interpretation of that. Cause it was kind of worded weird, but they're flying or through. Or was the, all of that on a set and we were all fooled into yeah but they were flying through the andes and they were drawing sketches of it and you know they're talking about chile and going to um the next uh animated bit which is the airplanes which Mm -hmm. is pedro the baby plane the papa plane and the mama plane uh and so you you learn about this family and how they take mail from chile to argentina and they go through the andes to do it i love pedro i love that you see him and he's kind of like drinking it's like a bottle but it's gasoline it's gasoline and yeah and you watch him in he school wags his tail when he's happy yeah he wags his tail oh, and that was one thing i wanted to bring up is i thought they did such a good job like you look at one of the things we talked about in a lot of the stuff we've seen is disney's attention to detail and them like really diving themselves into like what does a deer look like when it moves around or like circus posters and circus mm-hmm. colors and things like that and I think the little details they did here worked because it also kind of ingrained you in the culture. Because the detail I saw was when they're like, arithmetic, and they show them and it's like one plane plus one plane equals two planes. But if you read the thing, it says <laughs> uno plus uno equals dos. And like they could have yes. easily like made that easier for a American audience to understand. But they did everything on the, the thing was in Spanish. Like They mm-hmm. really wanted you to not think like, Oh, we thought of planes, so here's a plane. It's like, yeah. no, this is a plane in Chile. Uh, I, I wrote down, too, that it was um, all the stuff on the board and in the book, it was all in Spanish. Yes. When a lot of the issues I've read about this time are like, oh, well, it's all South America. So, like, later they speak Portuguese in Brazil, and they put Spanish in his little schoolroom in Argentina, and they're like, these are separate places with separate languages. And also, 
we're not going to put English on the board because they're not in America, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And I liked the anatomy part when it's the bones and it makes an airplane, <laughs> but it's bones. Like he takes anatomy. I thought that bit was funny. Uh, but essentially we, you know, we're learning about Pedro and his parents are sick and they can't fly the mail and Pedro has never done the route before. And so um, they give him, you know, kind of, you know, watch for the downdrafts and like, these are the things you need to do. And they kind of send him on his way on his own. And he goes on this adventure to go pick up the mail. Doesn't the, uh, the um, narrator say he ta he's taken to it like a veteran, like multiple times? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then we meet the villain of the of the movie here i call him mr mountain but his real name brie, is... yes brie <laughs> uh the disney villain aconcagua there we go yes is that, this is that a real mountain there they said it was the what tallest mountain in the western hemisphere yeah i, I don't know you guys go ahead I'll yeah ryan's gonna look it. ryan's okay. gonna fact check it but uh Yes, I called him the scary mountain, but so he kind of meets him on his way to get the mail, but he doesn't really have a huge interaction with him and he's able to get past him and he picks up the mail in Argentina. And then when he turns to go back, that's when things uh, get a little bit more intense for him. Ryan? The actual, you're correct. It is, it is not a made up fictional thing. It is actually a mountain. <laughs> Man, I learned something every podcast. I know. So the way back, it does get a little intense for Pedro. And uh, we see him kind of fighting against the elements of the Andes as well as the mountain. And, and a buzzard. And a buzzard. And the buzzard really distracts him, which gets him further and deeper into the Andes. Well, I think they're trying to make Pedro seem like a dog. And, or and, and, and remind you, he's a child. Well, I don't know. He just wagged his tail and like, yeah, but I think the buzzer like it was a cat. I also look at it as a distraction of like you know you're very easily kind of forgetting the task mm -hmm. at hand. But uh, but yeah, and then that's where we see the villain a little bit more, and then it kind of takes. When, when we say he's the villain, just in case you <laughs> yes. decided not to watch this, it's literally just a mean face drawn on a mountain. Yeah, and I, just I, kind of some intense scenes of yes. Pedro and the elements. Because this this show does this whole thing doesn't really have a villain. This is a very celebratory agreed uh, mm -hmm. movie. So, uh, but it does take a dark turn to where we see Pedro plummet, and you don't know what happens to Pedro. You see him plummet, and then it comes back to his parents, and they're searching for him, and it gets really intense and sad. Um, you know, he sputters out. He loses gas. He takes the dive and then the next scene is the parents looking for him and assuming that he's not going to come back yeah. that he's died and then all of a sudden he makes it back but for a moment it, they really take you there and it's very sad <laughs> uh but i like the end bit was and then they flew happily ever after i don't oh, I know if you that. caught that but they said <laughs> that but uh but brie was there anything that you really enjoyed about this piece uh, this section I thought it was interesting. It's very separate from the other sections of this movie in that it's not, it's not, it doesn't seem to be a part of their little tourism brochure mm -hmm. for this area. It's, it's almost like they could have just made, um, yeah, here's a plain story in America, but like we said, it's cool that they didn't. They're like, this is Argentina here in the mountains. Um, I thought it I thought it was a really like fun like I just pictured a lot of artists in a plane going well, well hey what if there was a little plane and you know this is kind of a scary scary mountain to fly over so let's just play with this and they did and made like a whole little short out of it yeah and I think it can stand on it I think all of these well, can the stand on their own plot and had like a like mm -hmm. like the other ones had plots but it was all like this is Donald doing goofy things here and this is goofy doing yeah goofy things here and then like this one was like here's the story here's the 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 the, the uh thing he has to like accomplish or overcome and, yeah and i think all the shorts can stand on their own if they were just like on disney and you watch them individually but i do think pedro's you could expand on that so much more i yeah. think because there was a kind of a foundational well, story well they did and it was called disney's planes and it was oh uh, yeah fair enough and, I was, I and we know. won't speak of it anymore yeah, <laughs> i want to know i just want to know if there's a reference to this in there if there's if any of these planes are there because they look you know exactly like they, with the eyes and the windows and all that so mm -hmm. that's for someone else to find out yep yeah that's listeners write us movies. yeah email us Facebook us, let us know. Uh, so, all right, do we have anything else on this one before we move into the next one? No. Okay. 
the best one, the most Texas. So yes, so we go to Buenos Aires, and it opens on a cityscape, and you see this, you know, the skyscrapers and the cityscape of Buenos Aires, and we go to the land of the Gauchos, and we see the men on the horses, and they point out you know, very specific things from what they wear, like their footwear to what else they're wearing to how they ride the horses. So I think this is the point in the documentary where Walt dances and they have, and they do all Yes, it's stuff. not in the movie. So we will I, be sure to post a video of Walt dancing. I will point out in the uh, documentary I saw, they, they go into a lot more about the outfit of the gaucho because they, they find a gaucho and that they're talking to him. And they keep talking about, it. oh, he had such a good humor and he found it amusing that we were so interested in his clothes. And then the next shot is him standing there and they're like taking off his hat and looking like he, he looks so uncomfortable to me. Yeah. But the one thing I thought was interesting is those horse boots. First of all, those boots are made of horse. Which yeah. I did not know. <laughs> and they're like weird. a leather. Those a have soft no seams. leather. Those are just, just one piece of horse. Yeah. They're like sewn up. They're seamless. So I'm like, to me, they so reminded me, they're not the same, but. A moccasin. Like, if yeah. you're looking for a visual, that, that would be the closest. If you're looking for a visual, we can't recommend seeing Yes, enough. please go see it, but yes. Uh, but I will say, um, this is where they really do the direct comparisons really well. They compare the ga gauchos to comparing them to cowboys, which Goofy shows us later on. Uh, and then there's dancing, and there's group drumming, and in the dancing, it's partner dancing, and they compare that to square dancing. Mm -hmm. And so... Even though the rhythms and the dance is different, the idea of dancing with a partner um, and trying to connect it to something in a in our culture for those comparisons, I think probably went a long way, especially in the 1940s, to show people, look, there are a lot of similarities between our cultures as much as there are differences. A little quick tangent. Uh, Bree, you grew up in Texas. Did you do square dancing when you were in, in school? Um, I think... Every once, like, I can probably think on one hand the amount of times square dancing yeah. came up in school. So and that's up, probably because I avoided dancing at all costs. So, so. so I grew up in Texas as well. So I think the two of us have considerably less uh, square dancing experiences. And let me tell you my friend. story. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. For all the central regional <laughs> listeners out there, shout out to anybody who's listening who went to my high school. Every Christmas, like when we could no longer go outside for gym, so I think it was every December, we had a square dancing like competition. It was like a square off essentially. Like everybody, well, everybody had like a square. Like you'd be with your friends, and people made T-shirts and like got dressed up, and like it was a whole thing. And I loved it. It's like one of my most favorite memories of gym because gym was not my favorite thing. I used to, I used to get out of gym to go. To the band room to go help in the library to go to yearbook like well, i had so many excuses to that's get out of gym in texas when it got too cold we would have buffalo mozzarella uh, making class oh, stop it <laughs> no but i'll have I, to ask my mom because she grew up in new jersey in high school and yeah i'd be curious because yeah it was something we did all the time and i told ryan about it and he thought it was really weird well how much you did it I but you guys also had brie did you know of cotillion I'm sorry, what? Cotillion? Like, Am I saying classes? it right? Did you guys do that? I have no idea what that is. Okay, so I didn't know about it. I didn't know about it either, but Ryan, maybe it's a Dallas thing. Yeah, that's uh, But Ryan took, it's basically like charm classes, essentially. Yeah. Um, and wear white gloves and stuff. Yeah, like and like you learn how to do like proper dancing and etiquette. It's and, amazing. Oh! I'm, it's amazing I'm as, as much of a slob as I am now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, but back to back to uh, Buenos Aires. So after we see all the live action shots, now we find Goofy and he is out in Texas. So we go to the United States very briefly well, in they animation. Well, like we found the most Texan ombre. And like <laughs> yes. present him as this like, and then it's, he's like, howdy. And it's Goofy. Like, oh, yeah. Well, he never talks, I don't think. Does he Goofy speak? Goofy talks, yeah. In this? He says, howdy amigos or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. He says a few things. That's what uh, he says, hasta la vista. Uh, but they are playing deep in the heart of Texas, which Ryan noticed, which was kind of a fun nod. Of course I noticed. If you're and, Texas, you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And then um, basically Goofy gets dropped off in Argentina. So they take him back to Argentina. And then we go into 
uh, you know, comparing what a cowboy wears to what a gaucho wears, and so his costume changes. Which is funny, because they throw a bunch of stuff on him real quick, and again, it's like an an invisible hand, like, messing with him like a paper doll. Mm -hmm. And his boxers are red with polka dots, which is just always a great (laughs) fit. Great, but, um... They, they say all the names for them. So there's another little bit of learning they do in here. Yeah. And then the same thing with the saddle. They go in to describe all the things that go onto the horse and how it can be used as a bed. And I love the bit where the horse flips Goofy a over bed. a bed and flips it. And it's like, <laughs> oh, it's time for me to sleep. Yeah. And once again, the horse seems like the native Argent. Uh, are we in Argentina now? Yes. Argentinian. But, uh, and then Goofy is the American who's kind of like the butt of the jokes. Yeah. And so they showcase uh, asado, barbecue. They do that in the live action as well as in the animation with Goofy. And then they go into the chasing the ostrich. I had no idea there were ostriches in Argentina. That seemed, that seemed not right. I'm going to look it up right now. Look it up, but I think I read that that was accurate. But um, I loved how they slow down the camera. They do the slow motion that when they're chasing the ostrich. Uh, and then, Ryan, you got a big kick out of when night falls and the screen just falls to black and then no, the stars come out. it doesn't just fall to black. <laughs> a literal line goes, thud! Like, it falls from the screen. Like, it goes black. That made me laugh so hard. That was, that was, I can name my top two bits. My other bit is coming up here. Yeah. And it's, they're, they're at a campfire and Goofy is singing and Goofy has a beautiful a very beautiful, uh, beautiful serenading voice, voice with a guitar. In Spanish, and then all of a sudden it starts skipping. <laughs> you realize he's got a record behind him. And that's what he's playing to. And the other phrase I liked was the perpetual motion below the equator when they're talking about their dancing <laughs> and how, uh, you know, the dancing is very quick uh, below your equator, essentially. Uh, but I liked that. But Bree, what did you enjoy about this part? Uh, I This one, I... I don't know that I enjoyed it as much as the other ones. It was where I realized, oh, this is why I didn't watch this over and over as a kid, because it's a lot of this is this, and this is this. Mm-hmm. And not, um, like, one continuous but, story, yeah. Yeah, but um, I like their their establishing shots of their live action, like, hey, this is what this place looks like. Here's a big city, and they even describing the city. They call it the... They call some of the buildings stately, and yeah. um, it's very. It does seem like a respectful, like, hey, we, you know, we're not in the middle of the jungle like a lot of media around this time is saying. Um, it's not this. It is like a tourism brochure, but it's not like a romantic island paradise or whatever. Yeah, you know. I don't think they. Sh- I don't think they sugarcoated in that sense. I think you know they're they're highlighting all of the the best aspects of the country but i think they do it in a really beautiful way they also mm-hmm, exactly to, they also attach you to the american cowboy yeah mm-hmm. they go you know the american cowboy now we're gonna and see that's such a strong are. visual yeah and then and I, especially then yeah yeah um so the australian the, uh, the australian the argentine and ostrich is called a ria i believe it's r r h e a s rias we will be sure to post a picture on facebook they just look like they kind of look like emus. And it says they're not ostriches. They're distantly mm. related. So I imagine the Disney people looking at it and going, what are they called? Oh, they're ostriches. <laughs> yeah. We'll like post them. some pictures of them. Yeah, we'll post a picture. They look more handsome in the picture than they were yeah. depicted in the... Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like it as much. Bolos! Dios mio! Yeah. He runs away. I don't know. I thought it was funny. And then we move on to the last section, which is the introduction of a wonderful character. Always has been one of my favorites, even though I feel like I've only realized his name in the last few years. And say his name. Jose Carioca. There you go. You remember because it sounds like karaoke, but it's karaoke. And actually, (laughs) karaoke is a Brazilian or a Portuguese word for, uh, it's it's the term for someone who was born in Rio de Janeiro. Because I do have some Jose notes do we want to go let's get into it let's let's get into it and then i'll bring yeah it i'd love to hear your jose <laughs> notes so uh the live action it opens on copacabana's the beaches and that area of brazil and the city life and in rio and you realize you know it's very different and i like that they're they're showcasing you know up to this point we haven't seen um uh, you know they're 
their landscape looks very different. I don't know how to say it, uh, but we get to see the contrast. That's, I guess, the word I'm looking for. Um, and what I love about this one is the way this one, when it goes into the animation, is we're watching somebody paint everything for us. And I loved that, like painting the scenery, painting Donald, painting Jose. Do you know Duck Amuck? Mm -mm. It's the one where Daffy Duck is kind of at odds with the uh, animator, and he like draws him in this weird outfit, and he keeps drawing anvils over his head. And then at the end, they, they zoom out to reveal that the animator is Bugs Bunny, and he's like, oh, hey, stinker. Yeah. And that's like a very famous cartoon, because I think it also, I don't, I'm not sure where, it, I think it came out after this. Um, I think it was like up for awards or something like that. But um, I love that kind of humor. Like mm -hmm. it's just in there thing about where they're talking directly to the camera, like suspension bridge and stuff like that. But <laughs> I, it was so beautiful here before yeah. that goofy. It was just funny when he draws the landscape and then he starts to draw the waterfall and then it becomes real water mm -hmm. and does all that. And so I gorgeous. did forget to mention, like going back to the city life of Rio, they do go into the samba rhythms and they go into carnival and you get to kind of see a little bit of that and what that looks like. Uh, and then we notice too, there's opening credits to this one, which was really interesting because yeah. they're introducing Jose and they're introducing the voice of him. And I, I think the animators on this particular um, short, so it was very interesting that they did opening credits for this. And the, yeah, this. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. Um, I, I thought the credits were interesting. They, unless I'm remembering it wrong, this song wasn't made for this movie. They made they took a song that was made by a Brazilian for Brazilians for Carnival, and were like, "This is gorgeous. We're going to animate this." And the opening is very much like, here's the guy who wrote this. Here's yeah. um, here's the people involved. Here's the actor. Here's, you know, yeah, this the isn't the art. Sheet music, yeah, the sheet music was behind it. And I believe it's Watercolor of Brazil is the translation mm -hmm. to the... And it Aquarelo do Brasil. Yeah, and it's such a beautiful... It's a great song. And it was great watching it with Bree because she uh, is familiar <laughs> with a little bit of Portuguese. So she uh -huh. was kind of explaining... Because it starts off and... Donald is there, and then they start drawing. I love when Donald draws that weird little dude with, like... Yeah, I had a note yeah. about that, yeah. So, you <laughs> know... When, the animator draws a puddle and throws something. Uh-huh, yeah, like, they're painting the landscape and the bananas that turn into toucans. That was another scene we really liked, right? You liked that one, right, Ryan? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty uh, great. And then Donald drawing, like, a weird kind of character. We mentioned that. Do you, get, do you know SpongeBob at all, Bree? Oh, yeah. Do you know Doodle Bob? Yeah. It looks like Doodle Bob to me. Do you know what we're talking about? SpongeBob no. draws it. No, I mean, no. He, he draws a version of himself. Oh, he's like, yes. Really, he's always like, I mean, no, I mean, Yes, no, yes, he yes. This weird voice. Uh, and so we kind of go into, um, we meet Jose, and he's so excited to meet Donald. He's like, like kind of a fan of Donald. Like mm -hmm. he seems very excited to meet Donald. I and wonder if that's representative of the people Disney met while they were out there. Maybe, yeah. And then Jose shows Donald the samba, and that happens a couple different ways. And he pours him a drink and gets Donald drunk, and he starts hiccuping. And his oh. hiccups, the rhythm goes into the samba, which I loved. And then you get animations of all the different instruments playing the samba, which I thought was really cool. That drink is called cachaca. Thank you. Which is a uh, Distilled spirit made from fermented sugarcane juice. Oh um, man! But it was spicy, it. right? I think it's got. I think it's got like a, a cinnamon, cinnamony taste to it. Now, but yeah, Donald uh, basically spits fire out they, of his mouth when he drinks it. There's for these around. Uh, there's there's like a new version of it or something that's like kind of gotten popular that I'll show them to you next time I see them. There next time we're driving around Austin. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Do you know? What I'm, Excuse me, there's like chaka-flavored, like... Rum chata? Rum chata is a version of this. Oh, interesting. I think. I, I was very close. But yeah, it's 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 a... Because it, it's sugar cane drink, so this is rum. Yeah. And a, diff, a different type of rum, but yeah. So you said you had some notes on Jose. We kind of, you know, talked about most of what happens in this short. So I mean, it's, it's mostly just... It's not really... Again, there's not much of a plot. It's just him... Yeah, but it was power. delightful. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Um, so he, oh, let me find again. He, uh, he will show up again in, um, uh, 
the three caballeros. And for some reason, my mind is like the trace caballeros. Like that's not what it's called. Um, it kind of is, but it's kind of not. Um, but he uh, was created for this. He shows up in that one, so we're going to talk about him a little more. He also uh, he will be showing up in Melody Time, which is another one we're going Great. to cover. Great, and we might have Bree back since we've just found yeah, out that's I, her I, favorite I, one. Bree's going to be very. It was when I was a kid. I don't. I got no idea now. Listen, we'll find out. Um, but if you guys remember, he makes it. We will see him again after that in 1988 when we check out Who Framed Roger Rabbit. All right, which we've also camera. added to the list. Yeah, uh, and is he in? Um, the Jungle Cruise ride? Do they put him it's in? It's not the Jungle Cruise. He's not. It's it's the the Mexico boat ride. I know it's not called the Mexico. That's boat it. Ride. Yeah. Find it. In Epcot. <laughs> I knew he was in. He was. They highlighted him somewhere. The Grand Fiesta tour. Yes. Okay. And Thank you. I, I, we'll post a. We'll probably save the uh, ride through of that for the three caballeros. Yeah. Because it, yeah. it's the three caballeros. Because he, uh, it's he runs into John Donald in the next movie. They're excited to each other and they meet a third character. Panchito Pistoles? Is that his name? Panchito, yes. Um, so, yeah. So, so yeah, we'll wait on that, but so I did know that he was showcased in a ride, which I thought was really cool yes. that and they it's a, highlighted it's, him. It's a very cool little addition to that one. His, his animatronic is very good. Yeah. The Three Caballeros is actually mentioned by name in this chapter I was reading, so yeah. it might be a little different from this movie. <laughs> they didn't mention this one at all, though. Who, the chapter you're reading didn't mention this movie? Yeah. That's interesting because you said in, in your breakdown, it didn't mention this one at all either. And it had its own. I wonder if it's if there's anything where they've edited it out or it becomes its own thing or what. I don't know. I mean, I think it was always a part of it. I don't. You mean that they took it out at some point? Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's like there's two different versions of Fantasia. There's the 80 minute version and the two hour plus version. Yeah. So I wonder if there's a version that's just those first three ones. Well, it's just for something that's so much that it is kind of like a tourism brochure in movie form um for it for the, this person is talking about all the issues with the rest representation of these cultures in this time period and they do mention three caballeros but only by name and they don't talk so much about it but this one they don't talk about it also i wonder if oh, I see what they don't have an issue with this one or yeah, they haven't oh, seen it. I see it. what you're saying. Yeah. I, I mean, again, none of us are from South America, yeah. but I felt overall that they did. I think they did it justice and I think it, it holds up today. Do oh yes. Yeah, so we can go in our questions, I guess. I think we're, I think, yeah, I think we're going to hit those questions. Let me bring it up real quick. Um, okay guys. So how is the princess? <laughs> is that Pedro? Pedro, I think, was a princess at one point. Uh, Donald was a princess. Goofy was a princess. Yeah. I loved them all. I thought they, they were all, all wonderful. <laughs> it's basically like, how did you like the protagonist? So. Yeah. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed them all. I, I, I really like this one. Uh, how was the sidekick? Uh, the llama. I love the, the horse. llama. The llama, the <laughs> horse. Uh, and who's that? Is Donald the sidekick in Jose's? No, I think that Jose might They're be equal. the sidekick. Or, yeah. I liked all the sidekicks, though, I would say. Uh, how was the prince? There wasn't really a prince. How was the villain? How do we feel about... How do, they, how do you say their, their name again? Aconcagua. Aconcagua. Yes. Oh, I thought he was very menacing. <laughs> <laughs> and you did, ha you did feel a sense of danger when Pedro is, like, sputtering and he's running out of gas and he's running into him and the lightning. You know, it's a very brief... Uh, dark moment in this film, but I think they did that well. Are you excited for the Aconcagua uh, expansion for uh, Villainous? <laughs> Be interesting to see what they would do with that. Um, he has weather abilities. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, what was your favorite musical number? I guess the big, the big one at the end was the bat. What was yeah. my favorite what? Musical number. Oh, yes. I really liked the musical number at the end, which is interesting because it was nominated for the Three Caballeros. No. The Saludos, the Saludos Amigos. Amigos song, uh, which is on we only hear it at the beginning mm -hmm. uh, in the opening credits. But I actually, and I guess because that was an original song, this Watercolor of Brazil is not an original song. So yes. that's probably why. But I loved the Watercolor of Brazil. I also like this. wasn't necessarily a uh, musical number, but you were talking about this, how much you liked the flute bit with the uh, llama. Yeah, I just, anytime that they showcased the 
the Latin rhythms and in Jose's in the fourth short, you get to hear the samba rhythm a lot of different ways. And so I really liked that a lot. Um, okay, these are the ones that are going to uh, be a little more prevalent in this one. This is, you know, it's, it's, it's these, this princess and stuff doesn't really apply to this one, these levels. Uh, how does it hold up? Female character agency. Didn't have a lot of female <laughs> characters, so. Yeah. Not yeah. much to talk about. Just there. the mom playing. Yeah. And that, yeah. Which I think kind of goes back to like that's the roles they had. He's like, oh, we need a mom. That'll be our lady character. So yeah. But you know, not not much to really knock it for. Drinking and smoking. Uh, Jose has a cigar. Jose has a cigar that when Donald spits the fire, he lights his cigar. That's, that's uh, when Donald spits the fire. That's also a, a rum drink. So yes. So and alcohol then, isn't it very? And then we have live action smoking. Yeah, <laughs> but it, but it wasn't <laughs> in Pinocchio. It like hit you in the face it knocks you yeah, out well, I, but I this, this wasn't was like, this yeah, was people... more casual in the sense of like you see it but it's not a heavy hand and when jose shows up nowadays he doesn't have his cigar anymore mm -hmm. just like panchito pistoles doesn't carry two guns and fire them in the air like he used to yeah <laughs> ethnic representation how did you feel about that brie i thought well, i was pleasantly surprised i uh take everything I say with a grain of salt. I am white. <laughs> I was raised in America by a white family. Um, but from preparing for this and trying to learn a bit about the depictions of the Latin American countries at this time period, I, as far as I know, I don't think they did a terrible job. Um, it, it was definitely, it, I mean, it was... It seemed like they're documenting real life, but as a whole, like, here's what it's like. Here are tourists. They're, of course, choosing what bits they're going to yes, show. Right. Yeah, and they're choosing, yeah, they're highlighting the best parts of a It seemed they did it really, culture, yeah, but, yeah I respectfully. Mm -hmm. This is something we've kind of added, uh, Bree, is how do we, because we have, this actually started <laughs> with uh, when Maggie and... Uh, Melissa were on, but how do we feel about showing this to kids? Oh, now Maggie was on. She was yeah, on. yeah. So our Dumbo episode it hasn't been released yet, but we get uh, a spoiler. We get a a pint sized <laughs> guest uh, as well as they'll have heard it by the time they get here. I guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Time has no meaning. Yeah. I think for for showing it to kids, I think you might run into what I what happened when I was a kid, where I saw it. And then I never watched it of my own volition again because I had other Disney movies that were full stories. Um, but and it's interesting I don't because you keep saying that, but I love these type of cartoons. <laughs> I was also like I was all but into the story. My, yeah. But here's my question: Did you see it with the live action, or did you see them separate? I think I just saw the piece. I, I think we had you, the DVD, yeah. so we had the whole thing. So I think if you saw the shorts, Bree was a kid when there were DVDs. <laughs> oh, no. Well, we had VHSs. So. I think if you saw the shorts, just the animated this shorts, was probably VHS. as a kid, I think you would connect more. And I think the live action piece is great. I don't think you should separate it. But I do think, Ryan, when you're mentioning that, you're yes. remembering just the cartoon, not the live action, where Bree's remembering it in its entirety. I'm also saying, like, I don't think parents really need to worry about throwing this on and just mm -hmm. having it on. Oh, no, I think it would be a fantastic one to throw on. Um, you know, and it's you might not have to have a cigar discussion. Maybe, it wouldn't keep but... them occupied for very long because it's forty-two right, minutes. Right. Yeah, yeah, and and maybe you would, and maybe you wouldn't. Like, I mean, it's any more so than you quick. would if you saw someone, if your kid you walked by and you someone was smoking. Yeah, but it's like, well, yeah. some people do that and it's awful. But it's so quick that he has it and doesn't have it. Yeah, yeah, that's that it's I'm not saying. that big of a deal. Um, I think it's interesting that this one is, as far as I can tell, nearly overtly for adults. Um, and people who might become tourists or people who are interested in these cultures. It's very much like, hey, we're talking to you specifically, someone who might have the ability to come here or has thought about coming yeah. here. Yeah, and you I, know what it... Oh, go I ahead. was going to say, I don't know that Disney was aiming any of this stuff specifically at kids at this point, though. Like, because animation was so new, I think it was adults were going huh. to see this and stuff, too. So that's probably... Well, yeah, and I it reminded animation has become more of a. I mean, we have adult animation and we have kids. Yeah, now we've got it. Yeah. It's divided into many different yeah. categories. But it also reminded me of when we lived in Washington D.C. 
uh, we did a tour of the embassies and every year there's a certain weekend in Washington, D.C. where all the embassies open up and you go to each embassy and they tell you about their culture and they have tastings of the food and the drinks and, you know, what so they jealous. wear and the music. And so this is kind of that mm-hmm. in an animation in a, in a movie form, you know, going back yeah. to like a tourist brochure and it kind of gives you a little taste and then hopefully it makes you excited to research more about these areas. I think that was, you know, part of the goal. And then also to get tourism, get people to actually go and visit. So our final question, uh, we, we used to word this a little differently, Bree, and I don't know if you've heard any ones that uh, have the new uh, phrasing, but is this one you'd like to, to, to put up on your, on your Disney collection shelf, or is it one you want to lock away in the vault? So locking away in the vault is bad. Yes, it's like, I don't want to watch right. this again. Yeah. I, if yeah. I never see it again, it's fine. Oh yeah, I put it. I I have a large shelf and a large collection of things, so it's not it's not the most selective <laughs> shelf probably. But I yeah, this is ours isn't going to be selective because this is what our sixth episode, and I think we've everything's been on the shelf. I yeah. eventually would love to uh, if there's any fans out there, or maybe we'll get creative and well, Bree can draw. It'd be fun, Brie. Be fun to get some fan art, like once we've done a, a bunch of episodes and see what our Disney shelf looks like. Because right now, it's everything we've talked about is up on the shelf. To draw the vault. Yes, it might be easier to draw I'm the looking vault. Looking at you, home on the range. We're coming for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, but I, yeah, I would put it. I mean, it's going on my IMDb would watch again, would show other people list. Yeah. Which is my shelf, I guess. I would agree with that. I it would definitely go on our shelf and it would be one that I would watch again, both as an adult and one that I think would be fun to watch with kids. Mm-hmm. Bree, thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah. I don't think we asked anybody else this, and I don't know if you have anything. Do you have anything you want to plug? Or oh just... yeah. We should start asking that. Oh, or just like, um, uh, well, I don't have a podcast <laughs> and I don't really have, I mean, I have a Twitter for my art. Um, oh, yeah, share that. that. Shoot, what is it called, though? <laughs> I think it's just Ashel, which is a screen name I made when I was, like, 13. So it's A-S-H-E-I-L-L. Great, and we'll share that on our social media yeah. as well when this episode comes out. Bree's a great artist. She's drawn my D&D characters, and it always makes me so happy. I got a pair of socks that had a drawing of my And she did our books. friends... Our friends who will be on a later episode, I believe Lilo and Stitch, um, their baby's onesie, this beautiful oh, dragon. Yeah. That, I was oh, so I impressed keep forgetting by I that. Did that. But yeah, guys, um, as always, uh, check us out. Tell all your friends about us, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you, and thank you again, Bree. It was great to have you on. It was fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is, too, at TRP Diaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Thank you.